morning, everybody. You may notice this new beautiful table that I have right here. Uh, Zach Cobbs, I don't know where he went, but uh, he's here somewhere. He's back there. He made this for me because I said I wanted something to put my Bible and my notes on, and so this is a good height for me to, to do that. So thank you, Zach, for doing that, and I invite you to come look at it. You really need to see the top of it. Uh, it's quite beautiful, so you'll need to come check it out and then tell Zach what a great job he did. So, All right, we continue our sermon series. This is a time of transition. We have people graduating from high school. We have them graduating from college. We have people moving on to the next phase of their life. And uh, so over the last week and this week, I'm doing a short sermon series on life lessons, things that I've learned from Scripture and faith that I think will help anybody grow in their life and their relationship to God. Last week we talked about that it's important that we are graceful and beautiful, that we actually add something to the world around us, that we make it a better place, that we love the world as God loved us. And, and this is an incredible love ethic that God has given us. And this week we're going to talk about something that I think is really difficult for us to handle because sometimes God tells us to wait. And sometimes uh, that there's great lessons that we are called to be learned to learn from waiting. And so today we're going to talk about what that means and what we can learn when God calls us to wait. So many of you can tell you this, especially Lisa, who deals with me on every day, or my wife can also tell you this if, if you want to ask her, uh, that I am a very impatient person. Uh, I'm definitely one of those people that gets frustrated at the stoplight if the person in front of me doesn't go immediately when it turns green. I do not like traffic, and I really do not like you if you are in line at the grocery store in front of me at the express checkout, and you have more than 15 items in your basket. I'm going to think really bad thoughts about you. I'm not going to say anything because I'm nice. But I have some really good things to say in my head. But I'm a really impatient person. And I have met my match. I'll tell you, there's something in my life right now that, I, that as an impatient person, it, it's just got me. And that is potty training. <laughs> uh, potty training requires the utmost amount of patience. And I was terrible trying to teach Sophie, my older daughter, how to potty train. So I pretty much left this one up to Michelle. And I try to stay out of it as much as possible. Because kids do not potty train on my schedule. They should be potty trained at two years old. We should be done with all the diapers in our house. I get her stories about people who have their kids potty trained at two, and I'm, my kid's almost four, and she still isn't potty trained. But it's okay. You've got to wait and, and let things come in their own time. You have to be very patient, and I'm not a patient person. I've had to learn that we have to wait. And sometimes it's God that is telling us that we have to be patient and we have to wait. And maybe you're in that right now. You're in that season where you have asked God. Maybe you've asked God a question, or maybe you're dealing with something. You've asked God to help you take care of it, or you're praying for a situation, and you're waiting for an answer from God. It's an illness. You're looking for a new job, or you're looking for God just to show you some direction in your life, and all you get from God is wait. It can be an incredibly frustrating place to be. But I can tell you this, that if you are called by God to wait in the season of your life, you're in incredibly good company. And God probably isn't making you wait the longest. There was Moses who had to wait 40 years before he received his call from God. But it gets worse. Abraham and Sarah waited almost 100 years to get the promised kid that God had said, this, is, this, is, this kid is going to be the father of many nations. And God made them wait almost 100 years. So if you've been waiting a week or a month or a year, it's not anywhere near as bad as it could be. You could be waiting a hundred years for your answer. But sometimes God calls us to wait. 
And the reason is when we are waiting, it kind of helps us focus in on what God has for us. It helps us trust God's plan. It helps us make sure that what we are waiting for is actually what God wants for us. Because oftentimes what we want is not what is best for us. So God often calls us to wait. So our scripture this morning comes from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, where Jesus tells his disciples to wait. If you brought your Bible, that's great. Pull it out. I love for you to read the text that we read in the version that you read at home every, every day, or you can read on the screen with us. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles sitting out on, in our living room. That's where we, what we call a space out there. And on, on the counter, there's Bibles. Just grab one and take one and get caught reading it. So our scripture, like I said, comes from Acts chapter 1. And this is what it says. Theophilus, the first scroll I wrote concerned everything Jesus did and taught from the beginning, right up until the day that he was taken up into heaven. Before he was taken up, working in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus instructed the apostles he had chosen. So Acts is actually the sequel to Luke. Now don't ask me why they didn't put Acts right after Luke, because that would have made a lot more sense to me. But Acts is the sequel to to Luke. It is written by the same author, we think, and is written to Theophilus, which means friend of God. And Acts is about the Acts of the Apostles, what they did after Jesus ascends to heaven. But Jesus isn't absent in this story. In fact, Jesus is present, is guiding them, teaching them, even after he leaves and goes to be back with God. He is still an active, active person in this story. Jesus instructed his apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed them that he was alive with many convincing proofs. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, speaking to them about God's kingdom. While they were eating together, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. He said, this is what you heard from me. John was baptized with water, but in only a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. So he's telling them that they need to go and stay in Jerusalem, and they have to wait on the Holy Spirit. So all these exciting things have happened. You can, you can imagine if you were there, right? You spend three years with Jesus. He's crucified, and he's died, and your hopes are crushed. And then all of a sudden, three days later, he's resurrected, and this whole new thing come, is coming into being, and Jesus tells you to wait, and to wait on the Holy Spirit, another important character in Acts, because it's the Holy Spirit that drives the church. The Holy Spirit gives the church energy. The Holy Spirit is what gives us our power to bring about God's kingdom in the world around us. As a result, continue in verse 6, those who had gathered together asked Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? And I think this is a big face palm moment for Jesus. And, and, you know, as someone who teaches the Bible sometimes, I have these with people. You go and you teach them and you teach them over and over and you try to get people to understand what God is trying to speak through the Scriptures and then they say something, and just like, where, where did you get that? You see, Jesus, in his three years of ministry, and in the 40 days he had spent with them, made it very clear that it wasn't just about the kingdom of Israel, that God was there for the Gentiles, and God was there for the Samaritans, God was there for everyone. In fact, God was there for even the people who put Jesus on the cross. And here, when he's about to leave, the disciples' question is, when are you going to restore the favor of the people of Israel? And it's a reasonable question to an extent because the Jewish people have been dominated by one group after another for over 500 years. And they were desperate in their heart of hearts to, be, to have their kingdom restored to them. Unfortunately, 
That's not exactly what God's plan was for them. Rather, Jesus' wait on the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, Jesus replied, It isn't for you to know the times or season that the Father has set by his own authority. Rather, you will see, receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So where they had a small dream and a small picture, they wanted their, the fortunes of, of Israel to be restore, restored. God had a big vision, all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, the Samaritans, and to the ends of the earth. And Jesus said, after Jesus said these things, as they were watching, he was, lifted up and a, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of sight. While he was going away, and as they were staring towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood next to them. They said, Galileans, why are you standing here looking, down, or looking toward heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven." So I think Jesus had two things in mind when he was telling the disciples wait. One, to make sure that they were on God's plan and not their plan. And two, that they were not waiting on the wrong things. As we learn to wait and and try to answer this question of what it means, what we can learn from waiting if God is making us wait, I think there's five things that we can learn. And the first thing is that by when we wait, our motives are revealed. Our motives are revealed. Like I mentioned, I'm a very impatient person, and I get really frustrated when anything slows me down, whether that's my computer acting up or traffic going slow. I want the world to move at the speed I want it to move at. When God makes me wait, it reveals my impatience. It reveals part of who I I am and my character and shows me the things I need to improve on. The second thing is that it builds patience. Now, I want to promise you There are two things you need to be careful and really think about before you ask God for. Patience and wisdom. Because these two things are only given through life lessons. So if you pray for patience or you pray for wisdom, God is going to give you opportunity, lots of opportunity to practice patience. And he's going to give you lots of opportunity to learn how to make wise choices. The reason it builds patience is God wants to to see that we can be faithful in small things before God gives us big things and big dreams and big plans. The third thing is it builds anticipation for what God is doing. Now, I don't know about you guys, but the best part of Christmas is looking at those presents when they're so beautifully wrapped under the Christmas tree and just imagining what's in them. In fact, Michelle will tell you that I like to take the presents and shake them and try to figure out what's in each present before I open them. But the anticipation makes it better, right? The anticipation makes you think about what could possibly, what new wonderful thing could be inside this beautifully wrapped gift. And the same thing is true with our relationship with God. When we anticipate what God is doing in our life, when we are waiting and we are excited because we know that God wants to do great things in our life, when we are excited because God wants to give good gifts to God's children, it helps us to anticipate and to look forward to what God is doing. The fourth thing is that waiting transforms us. Waiting transforms us. Because it helps us look at our priorities. It helps us look about at who we can trust and who we can lean on. And when we're struggling, when we are suffering, when we're having a hard time, who can we turn to? Jesus, before he 
started his earthly ministry, spent 40 days in the desert, 40 days fasting before he was tried by the devil. When we wait, it transforms us. It helps make us into a new person. And lastly, waiting builds intimacy and dependency on God. Waiting builds intimacy and dependency on God. You see, we want God to sort of illuminate our entire path before us. We want God to shine a bright path. But God usually is not willing to do that. I think oftentimes it's because we, if we were to ask God to show us where the end of our road would lead and the things that God would want us to accomplish, we'd be too afraid. And so God is more like a flashlight. God will show you the next step and the next step because God wants us to rely on God. So when we are waiting, when we are struggling, when we are trying to figure out what God has for us, we turn more and more to God. We allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. We allow the Holy Spirit to fill us if we focus on God. John Orberg says this, Biblically, waiting is not just something that we have to do until we get what we want. Waiting is part of the process of becoming what God wants us to be. Let me read that again. Waiting is part of the process of becoming what God wants us to be. So if we look at our five things, that it reveals our motives, it builds patience, it builds anticipation, it transforms us, and builds intimacy and dependency on God, sometimes God is preparing us for the journey, to grow on the journey, to be transformed on the journey, to become a new person on the journey so that we will turn to God first, so that we'll be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You see, the disciples, if they had run off on their own and tried to do this incredible mission that God had had for them to establish God's kingdom in their world, we already know exactly where they would have run. They would have run and grabbed swords and tried to overthrow the Roman Empire and reestablish the Jewish kingdom. But that's not what God had for them. There's no way they could accomplish what God's plan was for them on their own abilities. We are talented people. We have gifts. We have strengths. We have abilities. And we can do a lot of great things on our own. But we can't accomplish what God has in mind for us without the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus says, go and wait on the Holy Spirit. And wait in Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit will come on you in power. And then you'll be able to build God's kingdom. There's one last thing I wanted us to look at when it comes to waiting. And that our dreams are not as great as God's dreams. You see, their dream was to establish Israel's kingdom. And God had something so much greater for them. He said, you're going to go to Jerusalem and Judea, but you're also going to go to Samaria. Jewish people did not like Samaritans. They were kind of watered-down Jewish folks who had had outside influences mixed in with their Jewish faith, and they worshiped God a little bit differently, and they did not like the Samaritans. And God and Jesus tells them, you are going to go and tell them this good news about what I have been doing in your life and what I, the plan I have for the world. And then he says, you're going to go to the ends of the earth. All those people, the Gentiles, Jewish people did not like Gentiles. Gentiles are everyone who's not Jewish. Because they've been dominated by one power after another. And here is Jesus telling them, you're going to go to the ends of the earth and share this good news. 
You see, when we wait, we start to replace our human-sized dreams with God-sized dreams. So I don't know what you're waiting through. I don't know what you're waiting on God or what struggle you're going through and you're asking God to, to help you through it or guide you or you're looking for an answer or you're looking for your path forward. But God is maybe telling you, wait. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Wait on my guidance so that you can focus on God's plan, so that you can choose the right things, so that your motives will be revealed, so you will grow in patience, so you anticipate what God is doing, so you will be transformed and you will develop intimacy and dependency on God so God can give you God-sized dreams. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit.